0: good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's time for some morning coffee with Larry. So grab your cup of your favorite brew, and let's kick off this uh, Thursday, the uh, 19th of September, 2019. (laughs) All of a sudden, I was getting lost on time again, because I'm thinking in my head about this big event that I was looking forward to, not for attending, but just to watch as a spectacle. And uh, that is pl- was planned for tomorrow. I don't know how many of you know what I'm talking about, but the great big Storm Area 51 event. Oh, yep. Um, for those of you who have been following this, uh, you know... All there is about it. For those of you that are like, Larry, what the heck are you talking about? Well, tomorrow was set as the day in a spoof post on Facebook that everybody was going to get together out in the desert, as many as possible, and storm Area 51 and find the aliens. And there would be so big of a number that they would overwhelm All the security, and and they would find all the alien bodies and the civilization, and blah, 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 blah. And I thought, well, that's kind of an interesting little, you know, idea. And then it, as you know, after people were, you know, learning about it initially, it was like, holy cow, I think there's enough crazy people out there that they're actually going to try something. And, um, Anyway, uh, so I've been just kind of paying attention to it a little bit this week wondering if it's still gonna go on. Are there that many people trying to win the Darwin Award and get themselves removed from the gene pool? you know or are there are there that many people that think that they can <laughs> that, they, that the uh, military will not defend with lethal force? A group of people trying to storm it. I mean, that's kind of what the military is trained to do: is to stop an advancing, you know, enemy trying to uh, take over their territory. But then again, we live in a time when there's there's people that um, think that there's no consequences to uh, decisions in life. So anyway, to uh, to give you an idea on the latest update, apparently the actual storming of the site has officially been canceled. Uh, and instead, the people who put up the original spoof site, uh, they, uh, <clears throat> they point you, well, here, here's what it, uh, the details of it, I find this kind of humorous, from the uh, Storm Area 51 They Can't Stop Us All uh, Facebook page, and where it says, what is this about? <clears throat> we will all meet up in rural Nevada and coordinate our parties. If we Naruto run, we can move faster than their, than their bullets. Let's see them aliens. And I learned something. This was a learning experience. Uh, I, I learned from my my son Aaron that uh, Naruto run is apparently... Uh, Comes from, I think it was an anime uh, cartoon of some sort or what have you, but you run so fast with your arms pointed back behind you and you can run faster than anything. You can outrun their bullets. And that their plan was to have (laughs) all the Naruto runners, you know, actually be the ones that, you know, go right through and and get to the Area 51 site, but it's been apparently canceled, and a party has been arranged uh, in Las Vegas. <clears throat> and so, if you are you are still planning on celebrating uh, with this assorted crew, uh, there, <clears throat> pardon me, there is a celebration. Um, It is at the downtown Las Vegas Event Center. And they're they're going to have um, apparently some special commemorative Bud Light um, in the Area 51, you know, like cans or bottles. Uh, They're going to have a lineup of bands, including the band Collective Zoo. Sorry, never heard of them. They're not an 80s band. Uh, It's a free event. But uh, uh, you have to be twenty-one to enter. So I guess if you if you go look that up, you can uh, you can enjoy that. They're also selling T-shirts. Imagine that saying, you know, I'm going to it. Uh, so uh, you know, I think somebody's had some fun, and then I think maybe some people have uh, come to their senses and decided it's probably not worth dying for. Um, I I could see myself, um, maybe getting one of these t-shirts, but nah, I'm not, I'm not going to go to Vegas if it's just going to be a party there. Anyway, hey, back to morning coffee. Uh, let's see. Oh, my eyes are rubbing or I'm itchy. Um, ragweed season hasn't been too bad this year, so I don't know. Just needed to rub my eyes. Hey, well, let's let's get into our topic today. Uh, after having learned about <laughs> the Area Fifty One thing, I came across this, and um, I'm trying to remember who had posted this. It was last night I came across it, and it 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 made me um, it made me think of several people that I've worked with over the years, and and. You know, uh, but it, it's about when your spouse dies. So we're going to take a little bit of a, you know, a more somber tone here. Uh, but when I worked in hospice and worked in bereavement, um, that that aspect of it, one of the things I learned was people journey through grief at different speeds, and they're also at different places on that journey. And all this is, you know, centers around, you know, a single individual's death. Let's say you got a family and you've got, you know, a person, you know, person dies. Well, you have some people that are very close to that person and their lives are intertwined. You have other people that care about them. They know them. They love them, but their lives are not as intertwined. And Those who are moving through the grief faster, they often want those who are moving slower to somehow, quote, get over it, unquote, and start acting the way they did before. Kind of like getting over a cold. Well, here's the problem. When you are very intertwined in someone's life, and that person is suddenly gone, there is, there, there's not a getting over it because you can't return to what it was before. You can return to some activities, activities that you used to do with them, but you're able to do on a, a solo basis. You can return to some of those things, but it's also going to be different. And it's not always easy to slip back into those pair of shoes. It's not always easy to get back into that pattern. And I remember meeting with numerous well-intentioned family members who were, you know, saying, you need to meet with them. They're just they're, they're taking too long. They're stuck. You know, especially when you're looking at, and this is where we're going to focus on, is when you lose a spouse to death. You got to help them get, you got to help them get over it. You got to help them, you know, uh, get back to normal. Those would be the requests that I had. Now, sometimes we do get stuck. We do get stuck and, and, and we're not making any progress and it's distressing us. And so sometimes those we need to look at. And, you know, that's where somebody who has had, you know, uh, you know whether it's a hospice, bereavement worker, chaplain, uh, pastor, priest, you know, a wh- uh, counselor who's had experience in that area and kind of has an idea of how it works for most people. They can have a better idea as far as how long it can take uh, or what, what stuck actually looks like. Maybe that would be a, a better way of putting it. But I'm I'm thinking of one particular one where the family was very distressed and wanting them to, you know, wanting their uh, parent, uh, the grown kids, wanting their parent to, you know, they had to get into counseling. They needed to have medication. They need to have this because, quote, they're crying all the time. Well, guess what? That's not uncommon. That's not uncommon. Now, some people they may have been married, but the marriage was not as intertwined. I mean, some marriages are tight, some marriages are are loose, some marriages are more of a convenience. I mean, that's just the reality of how some people do their marriages or where they find their marriages are at. And you have others where it's very much intertwined when they, you know, it's kind of like an example of. You know, from the wedding vows, the two shall be one, or from the wedding ceremony, the two shall become one, and they do. And they do a lot of stuff together, and this often happens whenever people hit retirement or if they, uh, they are self-employed and they run a business together. It's not just, you know, they come home from work and they see each other for a few hours and they're together on the weekends. We're not talking about a marriage like that, you know, but where, you know, people are truly intertwined. That's hard. That's hard. And it doesn't just, you know, the tears don't just stop after two or three or four months or six months. Each person's different, but we need to, you know, not expect people to go at a faster pace. Sometimes if it does linger on longer and longer, or if it's complicated by, you know, clinical or biochemical depression, then, yeah, we may need to, you know, look and see is the depression, the, the, the clinical depression causing the grief to kind of get stuck. But I think one of the things that can be helpful is, is just to, to get more insight into what the person is experiencing. You know, a lot of times, we don't need to quickly offer or try to find a fix. We just need to sit down, keep our mouth shut, and listen to the person and hear them from their point of view. Hear from their point of view. And that's what this this little posting did. And I want to read it to you. It's a little bit long not overly long but i think it really it it does a really good job of lending insight to the rest of us or if you're a widow or a widower it can add some validation to what you're going through so here's how it goes let me take a sip the death of a spouse or partner is different than any other losses in the sense that it is it literally changes every single thing in your world going forward when your spouse dies the way you eat changes the way you watch tv changes your friend circle changes Or disappears entirely. Your family dynamic and life changes or disappears entirely. Your financial status changes. Your job situation changes. It affects your self worth, your self esteem, your self confidence your rhythms the way you breathe your mentality your brain function ever heard of the term widow brain if you don't know what that is count yourself as very lucky your physical body your hobbies and interest your sense of security Your sense of humor. Your sense of womanhood or manhood. Every single thing changes. You are handed a new life that you never asked for and that you don't particularly want. It is the hardest, most gut-wrenching, horrific, life-altering of things to live with. That's powerful. That is powerful. You know, here's the interesting thing. I've done a lot of work in the field of death and dying and grief. And as I read this the first time, what hit me was so many of these, this list of things. I agree with, but I didn't always think of. But I agree with. And as I read it just now for you, um, with every single thing, I had images pop into my head of specific people that I worked with. And that just reinforced to me How true this is. Not everybody does it affect with all of them, but I'll tell you, um, when you're looking at a spouse, it's close to the whole list probably. And um, for some folks, they seem like they're doing better, but they, they very well may be faking it. You know, as as I was reading through the list, my own mom popped into my head. You know, it's been six years since dad died. Um, They had been married, what was it? it? They were two months shy of having their 50th wedding anniversary. And... You know, I hear mom pretty frequently say, if that cancer hadn't gotten Ed, we would still be living together in our house. Well, that's a possibility. Of course, dad would have been 93, mom 88, um, if they were still living, I might be living with them, taking care of them, or we'd have both of them in the house. Um, but it does. the The change is so profound, and the the part that uh, I think really really hits for me is the it's the next to last sentence. You are handed a new life that you never asked for and that you don't particularly want. You know, when a a spouse dies, um, I have often seen it and said as, and described it as, that's the fulfillment of your wedding vows. Because, you know, For most people, if they have traditional wedding vows, it's till death do us part. And a lot of us, you know, with a uh, first marriage, if if it ended in divorce, and roughly 50% of the first marriages do end in divorce, we're never going to fulfill those wedding vows. We're not going to bury that spouse. Somebody else will. And so when someone becomes a widow or a widower and they bury their spouse, it's a fulfillment of the wedding vows. But very rarely do people have serious thoughts about how to transition into a life afterwards. It's thrust upon us. It's handed to us. And we didn't want it. So, what do we do with this? What do we do with this? Well, I'm going to post it if you would like to read it or share it with someone. I'll have it on the Morning Coffee with Larry Facebook page. But I think one of the things that you do with it is, if you are a widow or a widower listening to this, let it be a validation. Let it be a validation of what you are going through. And know that I hear what you're going through. That others do. The person who wrote this obviously did. To be gentle with yourself. And if there's people in the family that don't get it, that don't understand, don't argue with them. Maybe just print off a copy of this. give it to them and say this is what i'm going through give me some time and if you have a parent who's now a widow or widower maybe you can help give you know either additional insight to you or validate what you're already seeing and understanding and if you have friends that are going through The death of a spouse, classmates, uh, neighbors, co-workers, members of your, you know, church congregation. Well, let this help, you know, I hope that this gives a, a new perspective, a fresh perspective on what they may be going through. And maybe avail yourself to sit down and listen with them, listen to them. Give them the opportunity to, to share without necessarily giving you know quick fixes or advice. But just let them express it. Because probably they don't get much of an opportunity to express it to other people. All right, well that's going to be it for today. I hope this was helpful and insightful, and uh, we will uh, see you tomorrow. And if you're going to Area 51, be sure and like live stream it or something, and and tag me because I'd like I'd like to see the <laughs> see the uh, uh, the antics. All right, you guys take care. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye. Before you go, I just want to give a quick plug for another podcast that I record called the I Hate Anxiety Podcast. If you struggle with anxiety and would like some uh, information as well as practical suggestions and tips for dealing with anxiety, why don't you tune in for a listen? You can download it the same place where you download this podcast, the I Hate Anxiety Podcast. Have a great day.